0: this man does not like to spend time away from home and some for some reason came scrambling back home from gorgeous Miami Beach to the snow of Central Texas of the Hill Country. It is Brian Davis, Austin American uh, statesman. Uh, Brian, welcome back to the program. And, uh, man, welcome back to uh, Central Texas, although you were in a pretty good spot. I'm not sure perhaps the... Uh, Perhaps the folks there at the Statesman didn't really want you uh, on the beach for, for several days. Well,
1: first off, it's good to hear your voice, fine sir, and the free dulcet tones of the pride of Kauffman washing all over Central Texas is exactly what everyone in the two five four needs to have on a daily basis. Let's get that straight. <laughs> Secondly, um, I think it's very clear that in a when you are in a hotel lobby full of Alabama fans and half naked women. You go and interview the Alabama coach. That's what you're supposed to do. You go find the Alabama offensive coordinator. Don't don't even waste your time with all this other, you know, c d behavior that yeah. may or may not be happening there. Uh, you know, we're here to talk football. We're here to talk serious business, not uh, not you know, lay out by the pool and and uh, you know, mm. drink up mai tais and whatnot. That's not what we. Do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I hope you at least kind of swung by the the uh, Nobu right over there next door, and then the Fontainebleau. You go through that that uh, lobby, and there's a pretty good little cheeseburger joint kind of down uh, one level there where you can be a little casual. You don't have to be all dressed up in the uh, Miami Beach, but that was an interesting. So Brian, walk us through. So you get up there to that second floor. And as you describe it in the story in the Austin American Statesman, that's a really nice job because you gave some good depth on his background while giving all the quotes and everything that you got from uh, the exclusive sit down with uh, Sar- Coach Sarkeesian there at UT. What was that? The way you uh, the way it came across is that he was very open, and it le- it leads me to have to ask the obvious question: Does he? Did it seem like way different than the first time you sat down to visit with Tom Herman? Do these do these feel like total opposites, or have you ever sat down with Tom Herman? <laughs>
1: yes, I've sat down with Tom Herman. You know, I, the concept of that is funny. Um, I, I, I think that I think a couple things. Number one, Sark was very very at ease and very relaxed because you know he was. Uh, what was it, I guess, 48 hours away or 24 hours away from, you know, I think they're going to go out there and roll all over a whole state tonight. So, you know, he was relaxed about that. Um, and then I think that he's at ease because I think he's a man who is confident in himself. Um, you, know, I, you know, Matt, I think this is really important. It's just my vibe and my take of him. Here's a guy who grew up in California, okay, went to a California junior college, then he went to BYU, um, then basically learned at the foot of of Norm Chow. Everything he's done, for the most part, has been West Coast-based, right? Mm -hmm. Here's a guy who was in college same time, you know, we were, you know, in in the mid-90s, right? And so he doesn't know who Daryl Royal really is, right? I mean, all he sees is just a name on the stadium, right? He doesn't know. Who Fred Akers really was, or David McWilliams, or John Makovic for that matter. I mean, he yeah. you know he doesn't know who, he doesn't know who these people are. He does know Mac Brown only because Mac Brown brought you know arguably one of the greatest football teams ever into into the West Coast and beat the Trojans, right? And so, you know, every hire, the last two hires have been, oh, you know, Charlie Strong doesn't know Texas, uh, and he's following Mac. And then it was, oh, Tom Herman's trying to be Mac Brown 2.0, right? Well, now I think Texas has a guy who, he's just like, listen, I'm just, I'm just a guy trying to win some football games. <laughs> you know, I mean, don't, don't make this any more harder or more difficult than it already is, right? Get, get good players, coach them up, and win games. That's it.
0: Yeah, and I'm talking to Brian Davis, Austin American Statesman, who. Uh uh, the great newspaper out of Austin who sat down with the the Sark, uh, Steve Sarkisian. Man, I think of the Tark. I think when I say Sark, I think of the great Tark. You think bring your towel. playbook. You think bring your oh, playbook. Man, just biting on that towel. Sark needs to do something like that. Now, is he um, – uh, so as you're kind of uh, uh, gauging – you know your email box, your Twitter. You know we we kind of judge things by this. I know you were happy to see me get out of the Twitter jail. I had been infiltrated, yeah. or in uh, 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 they try. You know they they shut me down like they did President Trump, but they it was for yeah, different reasons.
1: The culture's big these days, but I'm glad yeah. that they allowed a waiver for you.
0: They brought me back, and uh, and I'm happy to be back. What are you sensing? Have the Longhorn fans? Has it been kind of a meh? Or has it been as they kind of get to know a little bit more and maybe think about all this uh, unbelievable success with this Alabama offense, do you feel the excitement building along uh, among Longhorn Nation? <laughs>
1: no, there's definitely some meh. <laughs> there's no <laughs> doubt about it. There's definitely some meh mixed in there. Because here's why, okay? Because throughout the Second half of October and November and early December, this was a fan base that was starting to be led to believe that Urban Meyer was coming, right? Um, The message boards were hot and heavy, you know, nice and frothy. Um, We were hearing that, hey, it's possible, it's possible, it's possible it might happen. And then all of a sudden, you know, we learned that Urban finally told the school, told Del Conte and Jay Hartzell... You know, listen. I'm not going into coaching, right? Or at least I'm not going back into college coaching. Okay, college coaching. I think he's going to end up in the NFL uh, probably next season, but not going to go into college coaching. Well, the problem is, is when when the when the pump is primed for Urban Meyer, and you end up with anything but, there's going to be a letdown from that, and so. Uh, I, I really don't think it's anything against Sarkeesian. I really don't. I, th- I think it's just, oh, this isn't Urban Meyer. This is what we thought we were getting, right? Um, now that said, once you get over that, and then dig into what he did at U- what he did at Washington, what he did at USC before his downfall, what he's done with the Falcons, and now with the Crimson Tide, it is pretty exciting. I think. Um, you know and if Texas can have even remotely close to some of that offensive success then they're going to do pretty well in this league.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. You might want to go easy on that Falcons deal cuz they kind of ran him out of town, but I'm with you on some of uh, I do think uh I do kind of like, you know, some of what he's done and and I liked when you got in that uh, the uh, the story about the, the running backs and trying to get some of these matchups. I mean, what were you begging for in the guys, you and Bowles and those guys who cover it said? <laughs> I mean, what, Bijan? there's the guy just going crazy yeah, me, in the first yeah, half okay. of that. What, what's that?
1: No, you're, 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 I, I, I know where you're going, and you're right. Yeah. What am I begging for? I'm begging yeah. for more Bijan, please. I more mean, B- <laughs> Jesus, H. Oh, my God. It's like, <laughs> what, on what planet? You have to. On what planet do you have to be able to live on where you don't run the best running back for the majority of the game? I mean, I I get it that Tom wanted to run a three-man rotation. Okay, that's fine, all and well and good, right? But when you when you sign a five-star, number one-rated running back. And then you basically said Benson him for you know most of the season. Well, that's on you coach. I'm sorry, that is on you. Yeah. And if there's one thing the the only the well, there's a lot of things on the field that I had a that I, you know, would question about Tom, but the one major thing that I would beat my head on every week is why is this guy not getting the ball more? Right? And then it gets to the point Matt, where I know you saw you saw what he did against K State. He runs wild over K State. He was going crazy against Colorado. And then the defense didn't stop him. The coaches stopped him. They pull him out for four straight series. Oh, Texas goes four three and out of those four straight series. Maybe we should get the guy back in. And it is so obvious that ESPN announcers are on at halftime going, man, what did Bijan What did he say? Tom Herman really pissed him off. You know, man. It's yeah. like, dude best players on the field what are you doing yeah okay then some, I'm off, uh, I'll get off
0: my soapbox now no it's okay that's okay now I really wish you had to ask like a loaded Mosley type question at the very end <laughs> just straight faced with the Sark with Sarki coach Sarkisian and just said something like now how do you uh coach what do you think about the Alamo Bowl and just kind of <laughs> just give it a real <laughs> I thought just kinda,
1: you to say I thought you were say <laughs> A, lo- a, lo- a good loaded Mosley question would be: Now, Coach, what are we going to do if we get trapped in that circle by the Elite
0: Cafe? I mean, what are we going <laughs> to do there? You know, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have a clue. He wouldn't have he a was, clue that he doesn't know the he health camp. I. I. You know, I. I say I would say that was a very thorough thing, and and not make light of it at all, all. I thought that was interesting. You did ask him, and it seemed like he was very open about his struggles uh, with addiction. Um, you know, yeah. I. Brian, do you get the sense from talking to people because you've also talked to other people that have been around him that I, not everybody you know goes to AA and then they're just like, okay, I'm 20 years sober now or I'm this many. I mean, that's a daily type decision you have to it make. Is. Where do you think this guy is in that process? Because I mean, I again, the last time he was on this stage, it was a disaster. Um, you know, it, it being at a, at, a, at a major college program, it obviously uh, the addiction reared its ugly head. Do you, how do you? Do you just, does this guy just uh, ooze sort of confidence? Do you just feel like he. I mean, I know it's hard to judge that, but wh- how did that? Right. How did that come across when you were kind of talking about all that stuff?
1: Well, I, I, I'll, I'll, first off, I'll say this. You know, for the, for the audience listening, I mean, we like to joke about a lot of things, but this, this is a serious topic, and it, and it, and it did it, it ruined his career. There's no question about that. Um, you know, and we are talking about alcoholism here. I mean, there, there's been no, there's been no drug addiction that we know of. This, this is mostly just drinking. Um, and you know, so to his credit, he's like, "Look, you know, I go to Alcoholics Anonymous, and I," he said, "I there are some things about the program I, I want to keep anonymous because it is anonymous." But he says, "But my story is very public, and it's it's out there." Um, you know, he still goes to AA meetings. And he said, "He said, I said, you do, yes, regularly, okay." So I mean, he's admitting this right up front. And one of the things that I think is is um, is, is really pretty honorable, quite frankly, is a. It takes a Matt, as you know, it takes a lot for a forty-six-year-old man to admit his false publicly, and especially on the stage that these guys have. Um, it's a lot. I mean these are, these are grown adult men who are going into uh, recruits' homes and telling their parents, give me your son. I'm going to make them a better person when they, when they come back to you, right? And so for someone like that to uh, admit that, they're, that, that they have been perfect and admit their own faults I think is big. And what Texas is banking on is that they are banking on a man – a coach who has hit rock bottom knows what it's like to lose everything and can bounce back and bounce back even stronger They're That's what they're banking on because if because like I, like I wrote in that piece, if this happens, if this happens and Texas gets, gets to the CFP and gets on that national championship stage, this will be hailed as one of the best turnaround stories in, in college football history, Sark's journey and road to redemption.
0: Yeah. I think it will, but before we get there, let's just let's celebrate a little bit. I mean, I, you kind of, I I can't remember exactly where you were on Shaka. Um, that Texas program was about a game away, as you well know. You flew to that uh, Big Twelve tournament in Kansas City before the uh, it was, and that was when COVID was really breaking and everything. That tournament was called off, and I know how strange that whole situation was. But uh, mm-hmm. man, at least you have a fun college basketball program to watch. And you get to know, Brian, what it's like. I know the uh, that's your alma mater, although you are a uh, hardcore beat writer and you don't root for the horns. I don't try to hide my rooting interest for the Bears. <laughs> you know, no, you do I'm not. not working for the Waco Trib or the morning news anymore. I don't have to hide it. I want Correct. the Bears to, you know, to run the horns off the court, and I don't hide that. Now, deep you, down you, somewhere if you in prick those me, places. Do I
1: do, if you prick me, do I not bleed green and yellow? Come
0: on. <laughs> that's right. Gold, sir. Green and gold. gold and if you and prick gold, you, burn orange will come out. But you've tried to keep it down as much as you can. But that will be fun. And it's fun, I'm sure, to be back at uh, whatever you call that, Club Irwin with some actual yeah. excitement. Can't get many fans in there. But, uh, which, you know, has uh, that's that's been the same thing the last few years. But this is a season – you would you would be getting a ton of people in there. So anyway, I, I just would we real quick, would we. Yeah. Are you sure we me that. It? it is <laughs> Texas basketball.
1: Um, <laughs> you know, he, he, here's here's my thing about that. And, and talking with some of the other guys who, who we covered who who you know, I along with them we cover basketball. There there's a part of us that is waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? And I know that sounds terrible, and I know that sounds bad. But look, yes, they are 4-0 in the Big 12, and yes, that is fantastic. And yes, they won at Kansas, which was pretty awesome. Good for them. Congratulations. But this is the same program that has not won an NCAA tournament game in five years under this head coach. This is the same program that cranked out three first-round draft picks and still couldn't even make it to the NCAA tournament in some of these years. Now, Do they have a veteran team? Absolutely. Is Greg Brown a dynamic one-and-done freshman? No question. And I think that finally the stars have aligned for them to at least make the NCAAs, right? I mean, let's not talk about the Final Four. With this program, let's talk about just getting into the tournament first because that's been a problem in the past, right? So, so yeah. So, I mean, Shaka – Look, Shaka Smart was going to be fired at the end of last season had it not been for COVID. Okay, mm-hmm. COVID comes, it hits, no one knows what to do, the tournament's called off, and Texas didn't want to pay the buyout, so they keep him. Well, that's been a that's turned out to be a smart decision because now they're ten and one, number four in the country, and and rolling. And you know, where's this all going to go? I don't know, but uh, it's going good right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, it'll be great. And in the Bears, I think that game's scheduled for February second, and that'll be number two versus wherever UT is. Man, they're hanging around their top five type team right now. And you're right, man. I'm I'm Ramey and Coleman, and all these guys. Let's see what they do as they get into the meat of this schedule. But I but I like it, and I I do I do like redemption stories. So I'd love to see Shaka bounce back, but uh, still has to deal. With Scott Drew and the Baylor Bears, one of the well, greatest – yeah. And so we'll see where they that That's
1: true. That's and, true. And, you know, I saw that Baylor was so scared to play Texas, they went and got COVID the first time. You know, so don't be letting those Baylor Bears, you know, go out and purposely catch COVID so they would avoid Texas. You know, you can't do that. you got to play just, these games, Matt Mosley.
0: Just remember the last time Rick Barnes went like 17-0 and 0 and – they were ranked number one in the country. They came to the Farrell Center at some point, and I think that was when Quincy A.C. put about 10 dunks on them. I mean, dunking on their heads. So there's no COVID. There's no COVID. There's no, there's no fear in these Bears. All right, Brian. I always enjoy it, buddy. Great to have you back. I
1: appreciate it, my man. Good to hear your voice.